Good evening, everybody. My name is Joan Fantino with Carboy Winery and Logan Street Restaurant. We welcome all of you here for the fall dinner series. Um, we're all excited to have you here to enjoy all this wonderful food. So with that said, here's Greg and Brian with Modern Eater. Oh, my goodness. Thank you all for coming. Let's hear for thank Joe you, Carboy you, Joe. and Logan Street and this amazing staff and venue here tonight. Myself and Brian are so excited to introduce this is day three of the fall dinner series. It's been a great week. It's a highlight right now. I want you to absolutely give your best right here to this gentleman, Chef Alex Seidel. Here it is, Chef. How's everyone doing tonight? Can I take this off? Yeah, slide it down. Um, I haven't given a speech with a mask on to a dinner crowd, so I'm just going to slide that down. But um, we were just talking before this dinner because um, uh, I had a pretty good crew that wanted to come with me tonight just to cook for you guys um, through the last six, eight months. Um, everything as we knew it kind of changed. And, uh, you know, we used to have a lot of opportunity to cook uh, with people, uh, not just in Denver, but across the country. And um, some of those are the most special times being able to share with other chefs cooking a meal for people. Uh, and especially a special meal like this. Um, so when we were asked to do this, this is, this is really our first event in, uh, since COVID began. So pretty excited to be a part of this. And uh, these guys were so excited um, that they all wanted to come and just be a part of it as well and make sure we could put our best foot forward for you guys tonight. So um, yeah, my name is Alex Seidel. Uh, I started a little restaurant down the street uh, 13 years ago called Fruition. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's definitely uh, a very special place to me because it was always just meant to make people happy. And uh, through the years, um, I added another restaurant in Mercantile. And a lot of that was just because we wanted to share our relationships. Um, having a farm for the last 10 years, uh, I was always... I always told my team, I don't want to sell the farm. I don't want you to say, oh, this came from the farm and this came from the farm because I started cooking in the late 80s and we got food from a farm back then. Um, it just so happened that we had one and it was an opportunity for our team to understand how food is raised. And, uh, you know, when a box of uh, produce comes in from California in midwinter, they understand uh, the process that it went through to get there uh, firsthand. And I think... Uh, they take a lot more pride in putting the food on a plate for you guys. Um, so Mercantile is really just a way to showcase and share those relationships with different uh, producers that we have uh, met and uh, partnered with over the years. And, uh, and uh, from there, um, really the last five years, I've just been really excited about our community um, and giving back to our community because I felt so well supported. Uh, a few probably about five years ago, I sat on a panel for uh, Centura Health, and we were talking about food access and food as medicine, and uh, there was a doctor that stood up and said, you know, I've been to fruition and mercantile, and not everybody can eat there. And for me, who grew up uh, food insecure, that was a pretty important statement that settled with me. And uh, just in the last couple of years, we started a, um, a restaurant called Chook, uh, which is Australian slang for chicken, and really the idea there was to bring the same ingredients, the same quality ingredients that we use at Fruition and Mercantile, change the labor and the service a little bit so that we could make it, make it work and feed families of four for the same price as pizza. 
Um, and that restaurant since day one has been giving 1% of our sales back to our community. We didn't make any money our first year, but we still gave up that 1% of our sales our first year. And I feel really good about that because it went to a lot of organizations. Uh, we just created a home run here, our homeroom heroes uh, for all the teachers that had to go back to school in COVID. Uh, so we've been taking them food and that's really what it's about is this kind of night of community harvest where we celebrate the year's bounty and we haven't been able to celebrate a lot this year so uh, to see this many people in the room tonight really uh, look forward to cooking for you all and thank you for having me appreciate it come on oh my goodness so as you can see tonight you're gonna laugh you're gonna cry you're gonna want to dance you're gonna want to sing you're gonna go through a myriad of emotions but what it's all about is what alex just said community local our bountiful harvest here in Colorado, and you guys. Let's hear it for you guys for showing up tonight. It's going to be a special night. And uh, again, thanking the Carboy team and Logan Street for having us here tonight. We've got a, a lineup of stars back here cooking for us. And we're going to bring out this first course. Chef, if you would, let's talk about this first course. Yeah, so the first course, um, certainly uh, we were brought a list of farms from Brian here. I've known Brian for a long time, uh, serving up some of the best produce Colorado's ever seen and really started creating a movement here, I believe. Um, so when he brought a list of, uh, of farms uh, to, the, to the table for us to choose from, we tried to use the best ingredients that we saw on that list. Uh, so this is a little late harvest tomato salad. I paired it with roasted beets because I like uh, the acidity of the tomato and the sweetness of the beets and how that kind of works together. Um, of course, we had to bring a little bit of our cheese, which you'll see in a couple different places tonight. Uh, but we finished with a little Fruition Farms feta, um, a little uh, pepita and sunflower seed, uh, and just some nice little flowers from the farm. There's a couple different basils in there, a couple different... Uh, uh, mints in there so just a little burst of flavor so hope you guys all enjoy it's so exciting because i want to highlight that that is all local folks so everything on this plate you're just about to get is within really about 60 miles so you're getting rocky mountain fresh tomatoes that are grown right up in longmont and you can really only find them at great chefs and at farmers markets in town and so that's a super cool thing so definitely check out and support Well, let's ask, Brian, how many market. of you guys have been to a Modern Eater dinner before? Just by a show of hands. Oh, yeah. Like to see that. Uh, thank you for coming back. For those of you that are new, welcome. Here's what it's all about. We are streaming live right now on Facebook and YouTube. If you go to the Modern Eater Facebook page, please like us. Check out the stream tonight. You can comment on the dish that you have. Also, take lots of photos. Hashtag Fall Dinner Series. Put them on Instagram. We're going to start out tonight and have a comparison. This is going to be the pre-dinner selfie, and then we're going to take one after dinner to see the difference. I think there'll be a difference. I know you guys are hungry, but gather. There you go. Brian, wave hi. Where's Alex? There you are. Okay, pre-dinner selfie. Okay, and we'll have one coming up at the end of dinner. So you will hear from purveyors tonight. We have a couple of Zoom calls with ranchers. We've got... Um, Odd 13 here with us tonight for the beer. Let's hear for Odd 13. Golden Moon Distillery as well. Golden Moon's going to talk with us tonight. So we're going to um, bring up the music and turn down the lights, and we're going to get this going. This is day three of the fall dinner series. One more time, if you would. One more time, if you would. Thanks for showing.
Either one. Either one. Yes. <laughs> Hello and welcome. Uh, fall dinner series. I love it. What a night tonight, Brian. What do you think? I think it's gorgeous. I mean, the temperature was really warm and then it just dropped, but it's, uh, I'll tell you, it's perfect for me. Get out of here. Thank you guys for joining us. And Joe, Joe, first of all, yourself. Yeah, we'll keep it off. Give, give people 30 seconds about yourself. Myself. Okay. So I've been in the restaurant business probably my whole life, I would say. I mean, my family grew up in Italy, um, came, migrated to Brooklyn, and my family opened up pizzerias back east. So I was washing dishes as a kid, doing sodas, sliced pizza. I just worked my way up. But my, my main uh, <laughs> career started with Elway's and Cherry Creek and then came on to be the GM of Elway's Vale. And then I went on to Newport Beach, California to spearhead three restaurants in Laguna. And then this all came about because a lot of my friends are part of this uh, company. And now I became a partner with these guys for this location. Dude, what a resume. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. And what um, you got to love opening this and seeing the transformation because I'm sure you were in here when it was all. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was crazy. Like, just they just gutted it and just was standing back and just seeing, like, no tree and not have to walk up those stairs. And it was just it was just amazing to see how this got built. Um, you know, it, it took longer than expected, but we got open and, you know, now we're, now we're thriving. I mean, uh, COVID hit and that kind of put a bummer on a lot of things, just, just like the rest of the world. But, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're doing very well right now. So especially having this event here is awesome. You know, people, it's kind of cool, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. We love to highlight streaming live. So welcome. And thank you for joining us right now. The Kevin Weber's right there. Sure, to, to have him on. You're going to hear from a. You're going to hear from a lot of folks. Kevin, Kevin, what are you doing, man? You running around pouring wine? <laughs> you know what? I'm tempted, too. Um, the, so you have a your home chef, Logan Street, Friday night chef for fall dinner series. Yep. Chef Rebecca Weitzman. Man, just getting to know her over the weeks and coordinating this. Not only she's loved by the community here yep. with the Carboy and, and Logan Street, but the chef's community are absolutely thrilled with Rebecca. And a big reason why Alex Seidel is here tonight, as much as we'd love to take credit for it, is Chef Rebecca Weissman. I mean, Rebecca is just amazing. I mean, she is very talented. Let's she eat. Cares. Dig in. Take that mask off. We're at the table now. All right. We'll have this first course All together. All right. Let me take this mask off. Yeah, she's she's just amazing. I mean, I just coming to work eating her food like every day like i'm always like picking like she sometimes gets mad at me because i like to make my own dish and she's like no that needs salt because i'm like very against salt for some reason um <laughs> but no she's she's awesome uh it's 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 great to have her as my teammate so um there's and that's what it, like you said i mean everybody respects her and we're just lucky enough to have her on our team and you know she makes my job easier because checking on tables and talking with tables, it's always about the food. Oh my God, this is so good! This is, like it makes makes my job mm -hmm. easier as a, a managing partner when I'm checking on tables and talking to tables that you know people are here day after day. Oh, we had to try this, we had to try that. So it's 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 fortunate that we we get, you know, I get to have you know yeah. the team gets to have her. So she's got to be a great feeling. You know, for and, sure. and as I'm about to say, okay, Chef Rebecca, pro, right? We know that. Everybody around here, I say Craig Jones is Mr. Hospitality until I talk to you. <laughs> I'm starting to rethink that. You're Mr. Hospitality. But truly, what a classy operation you guys have here. I don't know where you get these, your staff from, but I think you're breeding them somehow back in the bubble barn. 
Yeah, that's what we do. We <laughs> we take them back there to to do the interview and get them all, you yeah. know, sauced up. Nah, no, it, it's it's great. Like like I said, we we're, we all been in this you know environment for a long time, and you know, you know, I got recruited on between you know my buddy Kevin and Craig and Maggie and Eric with Angelo. So it's like you know, there's there's a lot of tight knit involved in this in this group so well and i would say even deeper it's like a culture with you guys yeah i mean because what you know to greg's point you guys are all sort of cut out of the same mold and i'm sure you know a lot of that is is you attract those kinds of people but also you you're keen on making sure that you're not bringing someone new who doesn't fit that culture yeah on board. let's talk about this food this food is fantastic <laughs> we can turn jimmy's mic on hey turn jimmy's mic on real quick jay turn jimmy's mic on real quick Happened, man. How, How are, are you? Good, Good to, to see, see you. you. You too. You're on. You're, we're the, the, right. you're on the stream, and we can hear you. Perfect. First of all, introduce yourself. I'm Jimmy Warren. Side, just um, I am the cheesemaker and one of Alex's partners down at the farm, Fruition Farms Creamery. I started out with him what, 13 years ago at Fruition, the first year it opened. Uh -huh. Sous chef there, and then made the decision to leave the kitchen for a little while and go make some cheese, milk some sheep. I understand you know everything there is to know about cheese. Not really. <laughs> not really. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> Where'd you get your love for cheese? Honestly, yeah. um, the farm, to be honest with you. Like, mm -hmm. that's where you kind of learn to respect it and you connect with it and you see what it truly takes to take something as simple as grass and turn it to something as complex as cheese because that's what we do. We're literally using the sheep as a medium just to, to take and give us the most beautiful milk that they can produce, and then we do the best we can to coax some cheese out of it. Describe the yeah. farm. Little 10-acre farm. Um, Where's it at? Where's it located? We're down near Larkspur, actually, southeast gotcha. of Cass or Colorado Springs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, just a little small 10-acre space. We uh, we grow produce. Ilsa Meyer's down there. She's doing all of her produce production. Does a lot of stuff for Mercantile Fruition, uh, a couple of places around. Mm -hmm. um, and then we've got the creamery there. Make about 2,000. Process about 2,000, 2,500 pounds of milk a week. So Ooh. we're still small. That, I mean, that's modest, but that's a fair clip. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I'd like to mention, Jimmy, you guys are cheap only. Right, I mean, and Sheep's that's a little, milk only, little bit different because a lot of people don't realize uh, Americans have really screwed up cheese with, with cow's milk. Absolutely. Yeah, talk about that, man. So um, one of the things that Great we kind of looked at when we first started this was, especially being chefs in Colorado, and Alex will say the same thing, we've been saying it for years. Um, as a chef in Colorado, we're making all these beautiful Colorado lamb dishes. You get into winter, you're doing these wonderful lamb shanks something that's just luscious and rich, and then you try to, you need something creamy to go with it, and what do we do? We throw some goat's cheese on top of it because that's the only thing that you had around. So that's kind of the start of the whole sheep's milk revolution for us. And small ruminants, we don't use lamb. We don't use mutton as a, as a culture in the United States, and we definitely don't process sheep's milk. Um, first sheep was milked for milk production in the United States back in 1985, and it was more of like a research project. And it slowly kind of grew from there. So even though we were 8, 10 years ago, we were still on the forefront of sheep's milk in the United States. Well, and, let, and not yeah. forcing the, because I mean, I think that that's that we're, we're forcing the enzyme right. into our cheeses these right. days, which really, I mean, it does a lot of bad things. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and it's sad because it takes away the flavor and it makes sort of Americans, in my opinion, our palate, we dumb down our palate so we don't know what really good <laughs> right. food is all that's about. That's the truth. That's <laughs> yeah, the truth, man. Absolutely the truth. Like to, hey, uh, Jay, Jay, could you get the chef side else uh, mic on too? Are you ready? <laughs> He's ready for uh, a beer. Thing, which one are you? There's I'll the noob. noob. You want a noob? All right, fantastic. Do you guys want a beer? You want a beer? Who wants beers? 
You don't drink. I, I don't work for this guy. I work with him, so I can drink a beer. <laughs> you, you can have spirits, man. I mean, you that's Goldie, Golden Moon Spirits for sure. Yep. They've I been forgot. using – Elsa, I told you we've Liz, got the little farm down there. We're growing a lot of produce. No? Ilsa's actually growing all huh? of the – the wormwood, uh, the artemisia. She's growing all that for the the spirits that are being served in the absinthe tonight. So, nice. yeah, so you're gonna the, hear a lot of stories. The artemisia is coming from fantastic. from our place. Which I'm gonna, I think is pretty rad. Uh, you guys stay here. Uh, you have dishes laid out over here. Is that the all five courses? That right is. Yeah. It's just you, so these guys know what to do. How did you do? That? <laughs> that's that's pro, <laughs> man. I mean, you're not even on those courses yet, but they're already built. Well, you told me to play them all, right? <laughs> well, um, at some point, at some point, we have the A-team here with us tonight. I'm going to go grab beer. You keep this rolling. Chef Alex Seidel is here with us along with Jimmy. Jimmy, what's your last okay. name? Warren. Jimmy Warren. Yeah. I love Good it. Good to see you again, Good to see you, Absolutely. Absolutely. Nice to see you. All right. Brian, we know each other. Yes. We we've met a few times. Doc channels. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know how it goes. <laughs> but, I mean, it's great. You guys are just crushing it, I'll tell you. Um, I love how this is the first chef. Just so you know, Chef Alex, how he laid out all the plates. First chef to do that. That's how we roll. Yes, sir. Yep, I like it. Thank you, Joe. Well, gosh, I got to tell you, it's really nice being back here because uh, I get to taste the food more than everyone else. Greg's getting beers and I'm tasting food. How could I luck out like that? But, and thank you all for joining tonight. It's a fall summer, or fall dinner series here at Carboy and Angelo's. Three. Um, uh, they should be delied up, already flavored. We are on night three. Tomatoes. We should already have some seasoned ready to go. And uh, tonight is Alex Seidel from Fruition Mercantile Food Mill. Um, he's got several projects in town, and he's working on more. Really exciting chef that uh, knows how to do it right. Great, guys. Thanks for making me feel so snazzy with the new uh, tablecloth here. Things are coming together. Oops, right behind you, Greg. All right, it's a set change. Thanks for coming back. <laughs> I, I might change are. my shirt here now. Uh, <laughs> it's a set change. It does look pretty, though. It does look pretty. All right, uh, live broadcasting, no man, it's master. This first course is absolutely amazing. I commented over to Chef Seidel. I said, you have all five courses plated out over there already. I you know what he's talking to Chef Jimmy about that. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'd love to have all, it, it, but those are for staff, right? So they yep. see how to plate those. Yep. Where's our roaming camera? I'd he, love to have a roaming he camera. He is all, Chef Alex is all about, hey, let me show you what my vision is. So then everyone can be super successful, which is exciting. Yeah. Stick near me a little bit. I want to get a roaming camera over here on all this stuff right now. It's fantastic. Tonight's a beautiful night. We've got a full house here. Uh, first course went down very, very smooth. You know, get a roaming camera on all these five of these courses right here and uh, keep this baby going. We really appreciate you tuning in here tonight. This is day three of the fall dinner series, and we are on top of it, just running at full speed right now. And uh, couldn't thank you more. This is how you do it. What do you uh, think about this beet salad? I, Don't you think his uh, cheese? The cheese is really, what does The it. cheese and yeah. the nuts really tie it together. Um, you know, you've got Petraco Farms, Rocky Mountain Fresh, mm -hmm. Fruition Farms, um, and then I think a little bit of Backyard um, because Alex told me that they uh, pick some herbs. Jay's over there in the kitchen. It's built outside by Elevation Food Service reps. Love those guys. Um, again, so many local product providers that have really jumped in and said, I want to be a part of these dinners. And Well, don't you think like what Alex said? He's like, this is the first time I've really gotten out. 
And I think that's for a lot of people, Greg. I think a lot of people really need to get out right now. And so people are just want to jump on getting out. And what a better way to do this in the fall dinner series. I'll tell you what. Um, thank you, Carboy. Thank you, Craig Jones and the whole team of, of you know, Carboy, Angelos, and Logan Street. It's a great organization. Tonight, uh, we have Rocky Mountain Fresh with us as we're enjoying his tomatoes. I'll tell you what. <laughs> tomatoes are an interesting thing for me because they're, I'm hit or miss on them. And most of the tomatoes, Brian, and I love when you talk tomatoes to me, most of the tomatoes I eat are just bland. Yeah, they're miss. They're complete miss. What makes these tomatoes stand out? You want me to tell yeah, you? Why are they so flavorful? Let me to tell you a secret. There was a company out of Florida, and I'm not going to mention the name because I actually know them very well. And they're, they're great people, but they ruined the, the tomato business. Because what they did along, and this is actually, was really, I want to say the late 70s, they realized that the best way to ship a tomato was green. And so they would pick the tomatoes green, ship them to the place that they were going to be sold, and then they would ripen them there. And the problem with that is, is when they don't ripen on the vine, you don't get all the flavor of the plant, all the terroir in that plant. And so it's a big deal, folks. Leave your tomatoes on the vine as long as possible. That's why Rocky Mountain Fresh does such a great job, because he picks them when they're ready, not when they're He's green. here tonight with yep, us. We're going to see we'll Jeremy and his him. beautiful wife, Lydia. Who are we going to talk to next as the second course is so. Uh, Getting ready to come out here. I love watching. Well, actually, it is going to be Jeremy from Rocky Mountain, and we're going to bring also. Uh, we might bring uh, Jimmy back on a little bit. I to think we talk should. To. Yeah, he is got. Talk to the crowd. He has got energy. I don't know. Jimmy is. lacks little personality. He's kind of shy. <laughs> He's shy guy. <laughs> I'm sure they do. Uh, Jimmy here with us tonight as well. With the the cheese guru. Extra brown butter. Well, you know, sometimes they're called a cheesemonger, and I was going to ask him if he was uh, considered a cheesemonger. Here's what I want to do. I want to turn this up in the kitchen, get uh, Chef Seidel as he's directing his team here to there. on how to plate these. <laughs> so, Chef, your mic so what is we're doing, on. We're essentially going to set up one to a few dishes at a time. Um, so, I mean, if you need a four-top, we'll carry four at once. That's the voice. That's the idea is we're going to try to plate everything kind of to order this way to keep everything nice and hot. Chef Jim. the pasta nice and beautiful. Hey, Chef, can I get your Sure. Awesome. Yes. I love absolutely kitchen talk. Uh, gentleman came up and said, "Can I get the chef's picture?" <laughs> and uh, this is kitchen talk right now. Is what you guys are hearing on the stream. And uh, Chef Alex Seidel is directing his staff on how to put this dish together. You want to come with pepper together. before the ricotta? Just the pasta, right? No. Okay. This yeah, is a treat. As we're letting, as we're have the chef talking, let's get get a camera on this there. Can we can get a roamer for um, yep. a good part of this thing? Maybe put DJ on the roamer. Black pepper over. Boy, what just a beautiful night! Aren't we so lucky to live in Colorado and enjoy these? It's amazing. You know, fall harvest nights here in Colorado. It's like no other. Cool. Six thirty, and it's Behind just I mean, just yes. a barely okay, seventy degrees. Okay, let's go. Let's and, uh, All right, cool. I'll finish just with uh, We're just going one at a time. I'll finish with pepper ricotta. Here, put these over here. Scoop five. Let's go. You want to finish with leaves? Harry, get in here. I'll finish with ricotta and pepper. She's I love this action. Here. Okay. Good. Here, I'll get this. You get this. All right. Hey, this needs more brown butter. Come on, Harry. 
Try not to have so much juice in there, okay? Use your finger. Boy, can you smell that, Craig? So you can dot it around. Can okay. you smell it? I just yeah. love yeah. listening no, to these guys, table. don't you? And I smell that butter right now. Yeah. yeah. If we can get a deuce table up here. A deuce? Heard. Now, what was that, a deuce table? Yeah, two times. on a deuce. He's throwing, throwing out a deuce. I love it, folks. So, you know, so rarely do you get to be mic'd up with a chef. We got in the servers the ready? Talking to Service the service will be ready. Yep, this servers. Has to go right servers. away. Yep, this has got to go out right away. What I want to do is I want to bring us up over the house. I'll leave this headset on, and uh, we're going to bring I was just talking to her. Alex's mic up as well. We're going to come up over the house here, chef. So you'll be over the house, and we're going to talk about this course as it comes out. Groovy. Okay, hello, hello. A little more cheese. Sorry. A little more cheese. Yes. How was the first <laughs> course, you guys? Cheese. Did you enjoy it? Yes. They're working hard for you in the kitchen right now. We did turn on Chef Alex Idell's microphone now, and we'll as this course time. needs to come out quickly, he's going to explain what he's doing with his team right now. Go ahead, Chef. So, yes, we made a uh, squash <laughs> annulote, and uh, we are cooking that and tossing a little uh, apple brown butter. And then we've got a little uh, apple compote from the farm, a little apple butter, and a little pickled squash. And then we're finishing the dish with a, a little uh, Parmesan and the Fruition Farms ricotta, made by uh, Jimmy standing right across here from me. Yeah, yep. So that will be the dish. And then uh, we're finishing uh, the dish with a little uh, purple uh, leaf that is kind of special to me. It's a hibiscus leaf. And uh, you see a lot of hibiscus in Mexico where I love to go and uh, they make a lot of great cocktails with it. So you can always explore your, your mind with hibiscus in your cocktails. It's delicious. Boy, that looks so good and it smells even better. These plates are coming out fast and furious. You wanted them out to the tables immediately, didn't you, Chef? Yeah, this is one that we got to try and keep as warm as possible. You know, I didn't necessarily know we were cooking outside today because <laughs> I wasn't really paying attention too well. Um, so pasta outside maybe isn't the smartest thing in uh, late September, but we're going to try and make it work for you guys. And then go pepper. I have a feeling it's going to be just fine. Let's talk uh, cheese with Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy. Yes, sir. I don't know. Nicknames. Is there any kind of cheese-related nickname that you have, Jimmy? Oh, we're not going to go through my nicknames tonight. <laughs> First around, if you can, I know you're working hard, but turn around just a second. Sprinkles and we'll is one of his nicknames. Oh, oh uh, Sprinkles. <laughs> Say hi to Sprinkles, everybody. How are we doing, guys? Uh, let's talk cheese and fruition farms. Tell us about the farm, if you would, Jimmy, while you're working. So we've got a little small 10-acre farm that Alex purchased. What, when was that, Big A? 10 years ago, 15 years 2009. ago? 2009. 2009. Um, started out as one of his cooks in his kitchen, worked my way up to sous chef, and... We decided there wasn't near enough sheep's milk cheese, not only in Colorado, but in the country. So took a little trip out to Hudson Valley, learned absolutely nothing about cheese making, and then came back and opened up a dairy. <laughs> smart. We were smart. <laughs> well, and you also grow a little bit for some of your restaurants, don't you? Absolutely. So Ilsa Meyer is down there. She has a, a full-size greenhouse. She has two covered hoop houses, high tunnels, a little bit of outdoor, um, and... I'm sure that I might be stepping on somebody's toes here, but if you guys are having one of the absinthe cocktails or whatever Golden Moon is serving, uh, the Artemisia 
in that it's actually the wormwood. That's what she grows for them to distill into that, that spirit. <laughs> I'm excited to taste that later tonight for sure. Pepper. I'm getting sticky over here. You guys making sure there's enough butter in there, please? <laughs> Brown butter. Sounds from the kitchen. Sounds from the kitchen. Okay, who's taking pictures? Who's taking pictures? You're taking pictures? Thank you. I can't wait to see them. Fantastic pictures. There's a, here's a little, once it gets a little dark for photos, what you want to do is take your camera out and use your flash and then show it on the dish, and then she'll take the picture. It'll be the best picture you ever had. Just a little trick. How's this table doing, you guys? Enjoying yourselves? Awesome. Oh, the secret with the flash, I was going to tell you, as it gets a little darker, all you do is you need to have a partner. They turn on their, their light on their camera, shine it down on the dish, and then the other person takes the photo. Comes out perfect every single time. You bet. Here comes dinner, you guys. Are you enjoying yourselves? Good, good, good. Everybody's having a good time. Fantastic. How's this table doing? Yeah. Good times? Yes. Good. Fantastic. All right, we've got Jeremy over there. Nope. He's gonna. I'm going to let Jeremy eat his pasta so he can get it warm, and then we're going to bring Jeremy up. But in the meantime, I wanted to ask Jimmy, Jimmy, where can people find Fruition Farms cheese? Great question. Well, around Denver, we are in quite a few of the Whole Foods locations. Uh, we have our Shepherd's Halo, which is our soft ripened cheese that they carry on a regular basis. They carry our feta as well as our ricotta that you're having tonight. Um, Wash Park uh, Union Station is a, a really good one for us, the Colorado Boulevard location. Um, Marzix also picks us up quite a bit, and the Truffle over on 6th Avenue near Milwaukee. Those are some of my hot spots to hit, to be honest with you. Right on. Thank you. Me. Yes, sir. Yes, okay, sir. let's turn the music up. We'll get this course going. And uh, so who's the wine drinkers out there tonight? Wine drinkers? Yes. You're in luck. Great place to drink wine. Who's the cocktail drinkers tonight? Good, good. How about beer drinkers? Any beer drinkers out there? Yes. Who's drinking everything? <laughs> drinking everything? Fantastic. All right, music's up. We'll continue. It's a great night. Thanks for joining us, Chef Alex Seidel. All right, it's sprinkles. It's sprinkles. It's a Philadelphia thing. I work with you probably know cakes well. Johnny Fermento, good buddy of mine. He's from Philadelphia, and up there they always called sprinkles Jimmy's. So it just went from there, and it stuck for a bit. All right, guys, nice, nice job. How are we this, doing? This can go in the garbage. Is we'll that sold? The... Yep. Perfect. Absolutely. That's what I said. Okay. And uh, when you make cheese and you have two That's restaurants the in the family, enough. guess how much they use. Yeah, <laughs> put them underneath. We're going to use this for the next course. I'll talk with these guys in the kitchen, do a little play-by-play. -play. This is night three of the fall dinner series. Uh, Chef Alex Idell and uh, Jimmy with us as well. Wash. Not bad, huh? He's still not yeah. dialed in over there, Rocky. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not screaming, but he's also talking real low. Good point. 
Wait. Hey, you wanna get those warmed up? We're cranking now, Chef. Uh, yes, Yep. Yes, ma'am. All uh, warm. These are extra, I guess. Extra? We'll take yep. those two up here. Thank you, oh, sir. Oh, understood. Yes, ma'am. Chef, dessert plates are coming back. They're going to stay room temp for now. Okay. Does she want them to be room temp? She would rather the, the breads go in and go instead of the plate, she said. Okay. Do you need more of these? There's two more. Look what I found. <laughs> Salute, Jeff. Good working with you again. Yeah, man. Ooh. So. That was pretty good. Okay, this dish needs to be Alrighty. dug into. One at a time. Um, mm. Oh my god. Oh my god. Take your mask off, Jay. You will be trying this. Still got it. <laughs> 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 nope. Yep. That way you don't have to move far for plating. It's all consistent. That's ridiculous, isn't it? You miss the kitchen still? Shoot, yeah, man, I miss the kitchen. It's a different lifestyle, you know? It's good, though. Still get to create, still get to make something, you know? That's good. Rocked it, buddy. Nice work. That dish is so... Now you can... What's that? Yup. Good, good. Jimmy, that last dish was off the hook. <laughs> that dish is good, isn't it's it? It's like pasta dessert, man. I know. Holy the little, uh, God. the pickled squash are kind of sweet, but they're, they're good, man. They're different. What? Unbelievable. High fives. Killing right, it. They're threes. absolutely killing it. Where those radishes go? Oh, so thank you. Thank you for your help on that. I appreciate it. Every one of them, correct. We split them. We tore them. We didn't put whole leaves. Okay, okay. All right. James, bring those mics down from the kitchen, and we're going to talk to Jeremy here from Rocky Mountain Fresh. I'm glad you had a chance to eat that dish while it was warm. It's delicious, huh? It's like <laughs> pasta dessert, right? It is so good. <laughs> that was delicious. First course featured your tomatoes. I was talking to Brian. I said, Brian... Riddle me this. How come I'm so on and off with tomatoes? There are some tomatoes that are just so milly and bland and acidic-y and they hurt my gut. And then I bite into one of your tomatoes and I'm like, this is why I like tomatoes. What yep. gives? Uh, I think a lot of it's the variety. <clears throat> the varieties that we grow and then I, I guess just when we harvest them, I mean, we're, we're picking them when they're, when they're all the way ripe and... You know, growing the the heirloom varieties that are that are bred for flavor or were initially bred yeah. for flavor rather than production. So, we talk about plants um, making them work for flavor. It's an interesting concept, but I, I think there's something to it. 
What's your what's your growing style? What is your growing methods? I mean, we use greenhouses, so we're we're keeping the temperatures, you know, optimal and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just optimizing all the conditions that the plants need for, for production. For, Jeremy, for what's the ultimate temperature? I mean, for you, is it? are you trying to keep a range between, like, 70, 75? It's hard, I mean, at night, Colorado. like, the, cold, the coldest we want them is, like, 68, 67. Okay. And then 85 is, like, the max you'd ever want them, so. Okay. Kind of like a, a zone right in there. Jeremy, slide around there just a little bit so the chef can sneak through as we're going along here. Absolutely. Right. Well, one of the things, though, Jeremy, I, I talk to people about is storage of tomatoes because yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize you put a tomato lower than I, – I say it's 58. What do you say? Yeah, I mean, 58, 55 is kind of the threshold, I think. Yeah. Let's do this. We flavor. have an opportunity. We have the chef cornered. He can't get out. He's, here, <laughs> he's within earshot of us. Let's bring <laughs> Chef Seidel's microphone like up, little piles. and we'll hear what he's talking about here. Yeah. Well, you know, Chef Alex has been using your tomatoes – for a long time. That's what I wanted to do. I yep. wanted to talk to Alex about tomatoes. Um, I was talking, Chef, about tomatoes being so hit and miss for me. Yep. That some tomatoes just, they do nothing for me to the point of where I don't want to eat tomatoes anymore. And then I get a hold of some delicious Rocky Mountain fresh tomatoes. And we're asking them, you know, hey, what's the secret? But the Millie tomatoes, the bland, I mean, flavor and low acidity. Those are when I go, this is why I love tomatoes again. And it's just, for me, it's so tough to really just pick out that great tomato, just by looks alone. What do you, what Well, do you, I think, uh, first off, it takes a good grower to grow good tomatoes here. I agree. You know, nice. and uh, I lived in California where almost every tomato tasted amazing. And uh, there's a guy that I met by the name of Gary Ibsen who, uh, he's like the heirloom tomato seed king of California. And... Uh, Tomatoes are so important to me that I have them tattooed on my body, and I had them. Uh, I gave away tomato seeds as my uh, wedding gift for all my guests. Did you really? So they could plant those seeds. And uh, 16 years ago, it was, it was a it was a mortgage lifter. Yep. You know, and no one knew what a mortgage lifter was 16 years ago. Yep. Um, but yeah, there's certainly people that are in Colorado that grow tomatoes really well, and uh, but it's tough. You know, it's a tough environment. I think. Yeah, I think a lot of it's environment. You, you know? know, that it's, we're so dry and... Uh, I'm the only one wondering where this tomato tattoo is. I'm, <laughs> I'm the only one that's sitting here still thinking about, where the hell could this tomato tattoo be, man? Um, well, that's tell another tell me it's a tramp stamp. That's another name. <laughs> <laughs> tomato tramp stamp. Oh, my goodness. Uh, other food tattoos? Uh -oh. um, no. No, just tomato. Tomatoes and peas. Tomatoes and peas. Interesting. Tomatoes and peas. Right. We I might grow from there. Who knows? We <laughs> might have a whole garden one day. This dish right here, the last, first of all, that last dish, <laughs> um, temperature was perfect for me. The pasta was cooked perfectly. It was like pasta dessert for yeah, me. Yeah, kind of. A little sweet. Where Came was the sweetness sweet. coming from? The apple. There was also a little sweetness in the uh, pickled squash, which... I don't know. It could have maybe not been so sweet. Really? You know? Oh, man, maybe I have a sweet tooth because I thought that was just off the chart. <laughs> that was perfect. awesome. I thought it was fantastic. Well, you know, for every great chef, I think that there's a balance, right, between sweet, acid, savory, all of that. Yeah. And so for you, you're more hypercritical, I think, than, you know, the, the regular consumer is going to jump on it and be like, ah, oh, that was wonderful. And you're like, yeah, yeah, sure, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I like acid a lot in food. So, uh Sometimes it can come, this came off a little sweet for me, but you know, 
We trial and error. We haven't never made any of these dishes, so they're all new ones for us. So, you know, we give it a whirl. And did you really not know you were cooking outside tonight? I didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, alfresco cooking as well. And I think it's I think it's just a really an extra element for the, the folks that are guests to connect. Sure. And just see everything yeah, and no what's doubt. going on at the end of the night. It's it's a very it's a whole experience because I mean, I don't know, I'm spoiled, but I'm sitting here just on the sidelines of what I love and that's um food service and hospitality and, and seeing it done right. Not only are we showing Denver, but Colorado, the United States, but internationally as we stream these broadcasts. Um, this is this is how you do responsible outdoor dining right now uh, during an outbreak. Everybody is spaciously in, in a well-appointed outdoor patio right now, great lighting, and as we navigate into the fall and winter months not knowing, well, what in the hell are we going to do without outdoor seating? Uh, we're capturing it while we can for sure. But, again, you said, hey, I haven't cooked in a, for a crowd in quite some time. And I mean, think about what the summer does for you. You're, you're in an event after event after event after event. It's kind of your life anymore it's these days, isn't it? You know, I mean, uh, there's some certain events that are really special to your heart that you go back to year after year after year. And then there's some events that you go to because there might be a certain person cooking there mm -hmm. and you have an opportunity to cook with them. So uh, that's the way I kind of always look at it. You know, it's um, the other thing is I've just never had a, a PR team mm -hmm. and we've always used word of mouth in our restaurants and the fact uh, that we can travel around and meet different people in different parts of the country and represent what we do here in Denver and uh, get them excited about what we do here in Denver and uh, make, make some connections that way, it's always good, too. Yeah. Well, and I think, Greg it, and Alex, it's community, right? I mean, because right here, this is a guy who grew the tomatoes. Yep. This is a guy who's preparing the tomatoes. Absolutely. These are the guys who are talking about the tomatoes and sharing that voice out there. So I've always felt like what we do in food is so much about community and connecting. And that's where I have a blast at these dinners just because this kind of stuff happens. Well, this is this is the best type of forum to be able to see the guy that grew the tomatoes that you're using and share that in an environment as opposed to a backdoor uh, money exchange, money for goods. Yeah. Because yeah. um, that happens on a daily, and it's not always so special. Um, but being able to uh, have the actual producer here who put his heart and soul into uh, to growing these tomatoes and see the end result and see the people enjoying them. Um, he's definitely uh, more responsible in that than I am because without a good foundation and good good tomatoes to use, we can't make any good dishes. So, Chef? I kind of thought it was the opposite. I thought that the dish was... It was more you than, than, than just the tomatoes. Ah, I've he's humble. He's yeah, humble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've always been about ingredients and learning about ingredients. Uh -huh. And, you know, the first time I saw fresh thyme, first time I saw foraged mushrooms, I told you about the tomatoes living in California. Those are all, like, very monumental periods in my life. And I've never tried to mask those ingredients. I've only tried to highlight them and yeah. showcase them the best I can. Um and so that's what I mean. Without good products, you can't do that. Chef, so. I'd, I'd love to introduce somebody to you. Yes. This, you, know, you, don't have to. You, you don't have to. I already did it. Oh, you did? She the already first took thing I came in here, I went beeline right <laughs> over. <right. laughs> so what's the cross street on fruition? Sixth and? Sixth and Marion, between Marion and Lafayette. Sixth and Marion. Okay. 
So this lady right here 48 years ago bought a house on 6th and Jackson. And just down the street is neighbors. This is my mother, Patricia, and she's a huge fan. And you know what? I, I'm embarrassed to say I haven't, but we need to take her to Fruition Restaurant. I don't think you've ever been, have you? I don't think you've taken me anywhere, Greg. <laughs> I take my. Okay, that's her cameo. Have a good night. <laughs> Get this lady out of here. <laughs> Who's this woman? <laughs> but I'm not shy. And I just wanted to come up and say, I'm going to get a picture with you. Sure. Like at her lump it. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> As they say. I love and, it. Well, you can't turn down an old woman. No. I know. You're Especially, not an old woman yes. either. Especially a beautiful Yeah, you're woman. right. You're right. I'm not. You got a lot of spunk. 27. <laughs> For you to be able to come right up and uh, oh, yeah. make yeah. your wishes clear. <laughs> what did you, you think of, of the energy and passion? Uh, well, you know, I learned it from Greg. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> Not vice versa? Yeah. Well, the, people have debated that. But, yeah, he probably got a little from me. People are huge fans of this lady yeah. right here. Oh, and yeah. rightfully so. How was the first couple of dishes? Uh, it's delightful. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Delightful. And, you know, the one thing I find interesting is, you know, I'm a, I'm from a small town in the mountains. Kind of a farm girl. Mm-hmm. I'm always raised on meat, potatoes, gravy, and corn. Yep. Me too. I'm from Wisconsin. You're right. So all these fancy things were like, no, I'm not eating that. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. I'm not eating that. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm starting to break out of my box. Sure. And I'm really beginning to enjoy a lot of stuff I wouldn't even consider before. Right. Even though there are still things I won't. I, I wouldn't eat with your mouth, but. Well, you know your yeah. taste buds change every three years. <laughs> Do they really? And uh, so you can always develop a liking towards foods if you give yourself a try and maybe you might not like it on the first try but my good buddy dan he doesn't like mustard and capers but i keep feeding him mustard and capers <laughs> oh yeah and he's actually uh he likes it now yeah. is that really the truth is you, it? your yes, taste buds yeah, change every they're, they're always evolving that's, that's amazing. interesting yeah because i am finding things that i wouldn't you know i go a lot by sound too mm -hmm. you know if i don't like the sound of it uh, what do you um, mean? Um, like if it snap, crackles, and pops? No, no. The name of it. Oh. Okay. It, like squid. No. <laughs> Doesn't work for you? No. But what if I said it like sexy, like boniato? No, no. You wouldn't like any boniato no, flakes no, on there? No, All right, you go get your mask, and I promise we'll get a photo of you and Alex. I don't want a photo with a mask with him. Well, you might have to. <laughs> no, I want full frontal. <laughs> full frontal. <laughs> well, but he can still wear his mask, though, right? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you didn't expect oh that Oh, my one. goodness. I just, just thought on me how that came out. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad I have my mask up because you can't see how red I am over here. <laughs> full frontal. Thanks, well, Mom. Maybe I should reconsider. <laughs> yeah, keep it that way. Yeah. I love yeah. you, Mom. So. I don't think you're getting away from me, all right? I'm He's like an escape. So. You can run, but you can't hide. <laughs> all right. He's not trying to. Thanks, Mom. Great to see you, Patricia. Right. Great. Thank you. How are we doing here? Well, Jeremy, thank you. Good. Thank you. I'll let you get Thanks, back to your Jeremy. family. Thank you so much. It. It's got the sprinkle on. Jeremy Marsh from Rocky Mountain Fresh. Thank you. Thank you. No, I have not. He's going to be on the TV. Okay, great. So what do I have to do? I like these.
little fried shallots in the crumble. It's kind of fun, huh? Mm hmm. Go flavor way. Hey, hey, Kermit. Can you hear me in there, Kermit? Yep. Nice, nice. I am checking out Kermit Krantz because this is night number two. We've had this wild It's man. night number three. Here we are. No, night number two. Say, we've had Kermit, though. Oh, okay, Kermit. That We've got Kermit two nights in a row. Say hello to everybody. How was that last course, everybody? Did you enjoy it? Yes, yes, yes. Here's a special feature that we have here when we do the Modern Eater dinners. We bring people in on Zoom, and this gentleman right here is from Sawatch, Colorado. Who here knows where Sawatch, Colorado is? Nobody. Yep, you just go down to Handum and turn right for about three hours. And he's not lying. <laughs> um, just nestled outside of the San De Cristos and yep. uh, not far from the sand dunes. So if you can uh, picture where that is in the San Luis Valley, this is Frontier Trout Ranch and truly a Frontier Trout Ranch. Uh, Kermit Krantz joins us right now. How are you, Kermit? I'm doing great. How's everybody? How is everybody? Good. All right, this is a trout ranch in Colorado. Local fish. You say, local fish? What are you talking about? Kermit, take it away. Tell us about Frontier Trout Ranch. Well, Frontier Trout Ranch is Colorado's only producer of trout for the food market. If it doesn't say Frontier Trout Ranch on the menu, but says something like Rocky Mountain Trout, well, then it's from Idaho. We raise a premium trout. We use a very good high-protein fish food. We don't use antibiotics, hormones. The thing about our fish is that we raise them in a really uh, great environment. We okay, raise guys. them up to about quarters of a pound in a nice raceway, and then we put them out to ponds where they can okay. freelance and Do feed on stairs. Well, and, and tell us, Kermit, when you talk about no antibiotics, what happens if your fish get sick? So well, when our fish get sick, we just use plain salt. We use a really nice solar salt. Basically, we use it as a prophylactic on a weekly basis. It kind of cures, you know, 12 different types of parasite infection. So really take very good care of our fish, just like they're our pets. What kind, of, what kind of fish are you growing there at Frontier Trout Ranch? Well, typically we raise a rainbow trout. We raise three different types of rainbow. We raise the cantaloupe, the jumper, and the steelhead. We are now raising uh, Arctic char, which is closer to the salmon side, but it's above the brook trout. And then starting in January, we're getting new eggs for raising coho salmon. Now, won't you be the first person in Colorado to ever try to raise salmon or char? We do have a kokumi uh, in the state parts, but nobody raises it for food. We will be the first that will be raising um, Arctic char for food, and the first that we're raising it also uh, coho salmon for food. Kermit, I would love for you to, I want to make an introduction. You probably know this gentleman, but I don't know. Tonight's chef is Chef Alex Seidel, but I'd love to make that introduction to you. A chef comes out of this kitchen that was uh, brought to you by Elevation Food Service reps, and we thank Rich O'Brien for that. Here he is, uh, Chef Alex Seidel. Hey. Thanks for the trout. You're welcome. Thanks for cooking it really nicely. I appreciate it. I got I to gotta get up there and uh, maybe, do, maybe go catch a few. 
Well, we do have a regular fish production farm where we raise them in the hatchery, where we raise about 100,000 eggs a month, and then we move them out into nice little raceways. Once they get to about three-quarters of a pound, we put them into two production ponds. And then, this is where you want to come down, we have a 15-acre lake where we put our trophy trout. Sure. We've got splake, arctic char, uh, oh, tiger trout. We uh, first tiger trout was caught out in the sport lake just last week, and it was just under seven pounds. Wow. <laughs> wow cool stuff. That's the beer drinking lake. <laughs> Today you made a drop-off of the trout. I believe Jay went and inter intercepted them for you. You're outside of Logan Street here, but describe your drop-off today. Well, what we do is we um, harvest the fish live. Uh, today it was like 6.45 a.m., we put them in a giant cooler that looks like a giant Yeti. They're called polar bins. And we put them in an ice water bath. And that's the proper way to euthanize fish. But what we have found is that as we euthanize them and we're driving to Denver, it keeps them suspended in water so they don't get bruised. And by the time we get to Shamrock Foods, they're just about dead. They pull them off the truck, they clean them, and they're out to the restaurants that afternoon. So we never sell a frozen fish, only fresh fish. So if you get fish from Frontier Trout Ranch, it's usually within one to three days of when we've delivered. What did you think of the fish you had tonight, Chef? You know, I thought it was great. Uh, great texture, uh, very good flavor for farm-raised fish. Uh, so, yeah, I was pretty excited about using it. Thank you. Kermit, listen to, to this course, if you would. Chef, describe what the folks are dining on right now. So this course, uh, we, we made a little riette, so kind of like a little cold pate, uh, trying to utilize um, the fat that is in the, the natural fat that is in the trout and uh, adding to that and making a creamy riette. Uh, and we serve that kind of, a, kind of a play on a lox and bagels, if you will, if you stretch really far. Um, but, you know, a little mustard component. We did a little mustard creme fraiche that was made with uh, our sheep skier cheese, uh, which is kind of a yogurt-inspired cheese. And then uh, we've got a little pickles that we do. We have a preservation program at, at Mercantile. Uh, so a little bit of pickles. And then we have these amazing turnips. Um, and we took those and we grilled them off, and we kind of wanted to make like a hot and cold dish for you guys. Uh, kind of the cool uh, riette of trout with like a warm element of these grilled uh, turnips that are tossed in a marinade with uh, citrus, lemon, and, uh, and then we finished everything with like an everything spice crumble. And that, was, that was the stretch right there. <laughs> it, I'm it's sure it awesome. tastes, it's tasty. Delicious, delicious dish. Everything has been out of sight so far. Uh, Kermit, fear of missing out, you should have it right now because you are truly missing out on a great dinner tonight. I, I totally miss out all the time anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Let's hear for Kermit Krantz and Frontier Thank Trout Ranch. Thank you, Kermit. Thanks, Thank guys. you, Kermit. Have a good dinner. Thanks, Chef. Uh, my favorite, right. it's beer. Come on up. On hey, how's it going, everybody? Hey, this is Chris from Odd 13. Hey, guys, how's it going? Introduce Chris. Uh, first of all, let's talk about Odd 13. Right on. Uh, well, hello, everybody. My name is Chris Mitchner. I am the brand everything at Odd 13 Brewing. Uh, we are just located up the road in Lafayette, so basically halfway between here and Boulder. Uh, we specialize in hazy, juicy sort of IPAs, but pretty much make the gambit. We have sour, 
fruited sours, uh, lagers, whatever you whatever you like. So we like to brew. We're available all around the Front Range. Uh, we distribute out of state as well. And all of our beer that comes through here is uh, also gluten removed, so a little bit easier on the palate. Wow. Oh, wow, didn't know that. I did know that. But and now also, you guys sort of started as like a sour and a hazy company, didn't we you? We did. So we, right now, hazy IPAs are sort of the, the, the hottest thing in beer right now. Uh, and IPAs have been the biggest segment of craft beer for the last five years. Uh, we were the first brewery in Colorado to can a hazy IPA. Uh, now everyone's got one, right? Yeah. Uh, it's a, you know, everyone likes to follow the trends and whatnot, but I think we make some really killer, killer beer and fruited sours as well. You know, stuff that's off the, off left field sometimes and things like a mixed berry sour. Uh, but yeah, we like to keep things fresh and always something pushing the, pushing the mark. Where's your brewery located? So it's Lafayette, Colorado. Uh, it's right off of downtown, off of public uh, on 503 Simpson Court. Seems like everybody wants to go to Lafayette now. Yeah, it's a great place to be. You know, I think we're up to six or seven breweries in Lafayette now. Uh, so it's really taken off as a beer city, and I'll come up sometime. It's about halfway between here and Boulder, so not too far. It's a great place, delicious beer, and you can get it locally around town at some of your favorite liquor stores. You can. Well. Uh, your favorite liquor stores will carry our beer, as well as uh, you can find it in King Supers and other different markets around town. Uh, th is this your side hustle? You've got a date job, too. No, you? this is my job, man. This is it. Now, but your founder, though, Ryan. Yes. So our founder, Ryan, is a high-end software developer as well. Um, so he works full-time as the founder of our brewery and owner, as well as designing high-end programs that I have no idea what happened. You know, it's, it's, it's high-end stuff. You uh, stay in the beer lane. I'm the beer guy. Yeah, I'm beer, beer, beer. How's well, dinner so far tonight? Oh, this has been fantastic. Chef Alex is one of my favorite in Denver. He's such a great partner with us. Uh, we have our beer at Chook Chicken, uh, which is one of Alex's restaurants. And I'm uh, just so happy to be here, and the dinner has been just fantastic. Let's hear for Odd 13, if you would. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Enjoy your dinner. Cheers. Um, this course you guys enjoy. We're going to bring the music back up and uh, be back with you after this course. We'll continue. And do not be jealous as we're eating this delicious dinner in front of you. Uh, the sun's setting on the Mile High City. It's kind of hazy, smoky. It, it was weird today. It was weird. Overtone, but I'll tell you Apocalyptic. what. Apocalyptic. Um, it's a beautiful night to dine out, uh, outdoors still. Still, last day of um, September. Yes. Tomorrow. Gosh, doesn't time just Dip, fly? Dipping into October. I'll tell you what, that this team is just executing and killing it. And um, I think we've seen a lot of that as we do uh, summer well, dinner series and fall dinner series. And, Greg, Both. you know, I'll just comment on that because, quite honestly, I mean, we do have the best of the best here in Denver. We, You know, every series that we do, we add one more chef to that lineup of people who have just done something like no one else. So, um, you know, and that's great to see. We, Charles Talbot just walked in the house. Charles Talbot in the house. I'm trying to see who is tuned into the stream. If you have any questions for the chef, we'd be happy to lay it on him. You would need to go to the Modern Eater Facebook stream. I want to see if we can grab uh, Chef Weitzman here to join us as she walks out to check on her friend, Chef Alex Seidel. And uh, Charles Talbot, put on that headset, young man. How you doing, Charles? Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? How are you guys doing? Welcome in, sir. Welcome in. Yeah, you know what time dinner starts around here, son? 
I was a little late. <laughs> I had a late meeting in the spring. Oh, I ran man. all the way up here for this. We, uh, well, thank you. Thank I'll, yeah. I'll tell you what. You missed uh, three great courses. I think we put them aside for you. Oh, did you? I hope Well, we there's did. a tomato one right back there. Yes, yeah. fantastic. I got my eye on that. Man, this food is off the hook tonight. Yeah. Uh, Charles Talbot joins us from Talbot Farms and uh, hailing from Palisade, Colorado. We became fast friends when we went out. It's like you know when these are your guys. You know, it's like, I know these guys. You know, we just met, but I know you, dude. <laughs> and it was a pleasure to tour the facility. We, we owe you one. we got to get back up there. And we've got all the video, but the audio was not um, worth putting out there. So uh, it, I think it's just an excuse for us to come back out there and see you. We yeah, that's game. what I was thinking. It sounded like it was an excuse to get back there and have some good drinks and some fresh fruit. <laughs> yeah, I want a couple more of those barrel-aged. <laughs> yeah, we actually have a couple more coming on tap. We got another three barrel-aged ciders with our uh, collaboration with Peach Street Distillery uh, that we'll be putting on tap here in the next couple weeks. Nice, nice. Can't wait on to try stream, that. On the stream, Ramey says, Fruition used to be one of my favorite restaurants when I lived in Denver. I love this. This is good stuff right now, and, and Charles Talbot joins us. Have you had the opportunity to eat some of Chef Alex Seidel's cuisine? I have not. Never have. Never have. So I look forward to trying some of it tonight. What you doing? It is good stuff. Oh, I was looking at this, Ramey. Um, I've got a cousin named Ramey. I didn't know her? if that was one of my cousins chiming in there. Um, it was interesting. But, uh, you know, what have you thought about these three dinners? So this is night number three for you. Night number three, and it's been absolutely unbelievable. Uh, the different producers that have come out and have spoken at these events, uh, the freshness of all the Colorado fruit, the uh, ingenuity that's gone into the cocktails, uh, you know, just the craft beers we have here, the wines, everything has been absolutely fantastic and paired so well together. And then all the chefs out here, you know, especially last night, we got so much information from the chefs that just really – that there was no secrets. They wanted us to know how they did it. They wanted to give us, you know, a real good idea of what the the quality that was going into what was being produced. Well, and you're part of that quality. I got to say it, Charles. I mean, what, you know, what the 113 years that your family before you has done and laid down, I mean, quite physically the dirt <laughs> and the soil to grow what you all have done. And I'll tell you, it's nothing short of perfection, man. I've been eating... That little uh, smattering of uh, Asian pears you you shared with us. Hey, I didn't get any of that. Uh, go down to the warehouse. They're at the they're at the I studio. The yeah, they're I at the mean, kitchen. That means I need to go to work sometime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 means hey man, you'd have some if you go to go, work. Go to work. Well, even today, man, I dipped in and, and ate one of those Honeycrisp. You guys are oh, just yeah. doing it. I mean, I I love to see that, Charles, because you also, I, I didn't want to. I I don't want to use the word pivot because you didn't pivot. You shifted a little bit. And you picked up the whole side of the cider, which is also just an extension of one more use from what you're growing. And that's how the way we looked at it. And that's why we started a cider company and a winery instead of anything else is that value added. And at the same time, we don't want anything to go to waste. So the original plan behind starting the winery was actually we had 100 tons of Riesling hit the ground one year. And we tried selling it to everyone. We crushed it. We froze it. We did everything that we could do, and it just wasn't enough. So we uh, came out with a hard cider that's back-sweetened with Riesling, and then we just started producing wine and said, you know, this is something we can do where everything is going to be continued to be used. And it also expands our farm to a point where we can onboard new help and new people and really take care of the guys that we have. Wearing a ballast point 
shirt there. <laughs> I mean, you're out there su supporting everybody, and that's what I like about you, man, truly. Yeah. Uh, here's what I want you to do. You're going to come back up and talk soon, right? I mean, really okay. soon. Go settle into the table. Get down. Get a beer in your hand. Whatever you're drinking. Did you bring some cider out of the car? I did not. I didn't know I was supposed to. Well, man, I want a cider. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll bring some tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Okay. Tomorrow night. Cider. I'll bring some wine spritzers and some hard cider. Right, Charles like Talbot, that. you go settle in. We'll have you back up here. And uh, as we continue, it's night three of the fall dinner series. It's a beautiful, beautiful evening, Brian. Well, a beautiful evening, Greg. And You're right over there. Uh, follow the bald head. See the bald head straight in the back? That's the table. <laughs> same same spot as last night. <laughs> That's right. Bald head um, is rich. But it, what I was going to say is, is when you were saying what a beautiful night, Greg, yeah. it really not only is it a beautiful night, we've got beautiful people, we've got beautiful food, we've got beautiful ingredients, and just, I mean, I'll tell you the spirit and the kind open hearts that these people give. Um, I don't know, man. i got to tell you, I love it. I love He He needs a beer. That worked last time. Fantastic. Going good? Yeah. Fantastic. Here, Greg, you talk, talk uh, to me. Yeah, I would actually. Talk to Chef. Okay. So let me ask you, Chef, what do you think about this? I mean, it's way different, right, than um, <laughs> the average dinner. Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's just been so long, you know, that we've had a chance to cook for people like this. Yeah. So, in, in doing it outside of our own environments, so that makes it interesting, too. That's got to sort of warm your heart a little bit, i got to believe, because this is your passion. I mean, you, you love, I mean, I think serving people from the sense of serving them good food, teaching them about ingredients and what's important, and, and I think really tying that all together, you're about to land. Right. I mean, and, and that shows in the fact that you, you bought it the soil right. to grow something um and so kudos Idiot, on that maybe but <laughs> it did happen well i have heard people say you know my happiest day was when i bought the farm and the next happiest day was when i sold that <laughs> i've had that second thought many many times but i haven't gotten there yet well but i love it because you know listen being a great chef like you are isn't for the faint of heart and that's the same with farming it's not for the faint of heart. It's not for people who think that they're going into a nine to five or that all of a sudden, right. you know, 24 hours of your day might be consumed right. with yep. getting that phone call. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, I think uh, as chefs and as producers, farmers, um, it's very similar in the amount of work that you have to put in to be good at it. Um, no one just is born with a green thumb. There's a lot of... Uh, you know, just knowing Elsa down at our farm and how much she's taught me over the last five, six years. You know, I thought I knew about gardening, but, I mean, I don't even have a clue even at this point. Um, because every time I talk to her, she's rattling off something different from her horticulture uh, background. And, uh, you know, it's, it's scientific and over my head. You know, I actually had her come out to my garden this summer at my house. And went through all my issues. <laughs> Did she? Yeah. Was it so, a big list or a short list? You know, it was a pretty good size list. <laughs> it wasn't huge, but it wasn't just one or two things. Um, but, yeah, having somebody uh, with the experience like that that can give you direction on how to grow good products. Oh, thank you. appreciate that. Ooh, nice. Well, and I look at farming a lot like being a great chef, too, because of that fact. It's like what you said. 
a tomato here in Colorado or even in Longmont versus right. Colorado Springs. Yeah, no doubt. The soil's different. The, the climate's different. There's so many factors that go into growing. But I think that's just like being a chef because you've got to know when to switch if you're using a certain ingredient and the season has changed. When's the time to switch? Right. You know, and I think some chefs, you know, one of the things that drives me nuts, and I, this is not anything about your restaurants, um, because you don't do this. You change your menu. Those guys that, that put asparagus on the menu year-round. Right. And, they, and they're always the excuse is, well, people want it. Well, sure they yeah. do, but so what? You've got Keep them to. Coming. Yeah, Keep I them mean, to come back for it. Yeah, no. The thing is, like, um, every year is different. You know, everybody thinks like, oh, when spring is in March 21st or uh, fall is in September 21st, that's when the menu should change, because that's the official day of fall or spring. Yeah. And there's some days where. We are rolling out things in early March, and there's sometimes where we can't get good product till early or till mid-April. Oh, I would say English peas in Colorado. Right. I always laugh because English peas are spring. Right. That's you're supposed to be eating shelling peas yeah. in the spring. Yeah. But not in Colorado because yeah. we can't even get them off of the vine until like June or July. It always. I had an amazing pea year this year in my own backyard, and I had so many peas to harvest. My kids were shucking peas all summer, and uh, I literally was giving them away because I've, I've never had that kind of prolific yield in peas, but for some reason, I don't know what the heck it was. It was but right. Every year is different, yeah. you know? Well, it's funny you say I, that. I didn't yeah. have good tomatoes. I had two plants that produced and two, one that died and one that eh, kind of produced. So I'm a, uh, I'd say this, I'm a balcony <laughs> jalapeno farmer. Uh, 12th floor in Cherry Creek, the, you, if you see an abundance of jalapenos up in the sky, that's me. I like to grow whatever I can. <laughs> East-facing, about new. Jalapenos is really the only thing that'll work for me. Try shishitos, man. <laughs> shishitos? There's so much. Um, got so much more opportunity to eat them. Yes. You know, and eat a lot of them. Uh-huh. And uh, that was another thing. I was harvesting. I only planted two of those plants, but I was harvesting gallon bags. Are you... And, I'm sure she uh, has. But, like, we'd have people over, and we'd just all eat shishitos. I don't know if I can get that yield. It's like if Jay you get joke, that. Jay jokes, I get, like, 12 peppers <laughs> Well, but what's cool about shishitos, I'll tell you, you yeah. never know what you're getting. Yeah. Right. That's, like, the gift that is the unknown because you can the get one it. in ten. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden, you'll, you'll bite into one of those yeah. shishitos, and you're like, well, there's some spice. Um, How's the cocktail? It's really good. Is it a good one? Yeah. Um, are we ready to roll on this dinner? Yes. On this entree? Yes, we are. It's chef's like, I need Hey, guys, are you guys ready? <laughs> I need to get back to work. <laughs> Let's roll. All right. It's going to be good. What I'd like to do, chef, if you don't mind, I'd like to bring you up over the house while you're putting this dish together, together with your team. Is that a problem? Yeah, let me just get these guys set up and so then you they let know how to roll it out. Sure. And then, um, we'll, and then we'll talk about it. You know, mind over matter. If you don't mind, it don't matter. <laughs> it right? don't matter. That's right. Okay. Um, this dish is fantastic. I know. I'm still working on this trout dish from um, and main course. From Alex. We're on the stream um, right now. Chef Alex Idell, we're in the kitchen. The team, he says, uh, we're getting ready to go. What I want to do is I want to get Chef and, Rebecca and you could help over me here with, with many us of those on the things, stream. So. See if we can do that. Yeah. Could you smell those straw hard potatoes that he just pushed near yes. us? The Immediately. Smashed potatoes. Yep. Thank you, Amber. We wish you were here. We hope you're feeling good. Come on, Chef. Come on, chef. Talk through this with the chef. Sorry. Hey, can we get aluminum over this so it doesn't get cold? 
trying to get Chef Rebecca on a headset here. Well, you better not be fr shy on Friday, Chef Rebecca. <laughs> a little more salt. <laughs> He's talking plenty, Chef. We were hoping you'd do play-by-play -play with us. This is like World Wrestling Federation. Do we have any butter? I thought do we have any of that brown butter? Come here. Come here. Help me do play-by-play. -play. Come here. Come here, Chef. Butter? Put a headset. Yes, we do know this. Put a headset on. Chef Rebecca, you um, can't be shy like that. No, yeah, you could dress. Put a headset on, please, for me. You can't be shy on Friday. I know you'll be doing exactly this, but we got to talk to. Throw that headset on. We're going to break you of that shyness. Okay. Shit, no, because you're fine. You've got good folks here with you. Chef Rebecca Weisman joins us. What I wanted you to do is, as Chef setting up here in the kitchen, this is a pretty cool outdoor kitchen, don't you think, Chef? It's amazing. You guys did a great job setting this up for us. Thank you. I mean, Rich O'Brien put together, and, and we're kind of just working. I mean, cook, have you ever cooked in an alley, Chef? Not in an alley. I've cooked outdoors, not in an alley. Not this a, is a pretty awesome alley. It is a pretty awesome alley. Look at and Chef brought uh, Chef Alex brought a dream team here with us. We're coming up to um, the main course right here. And what I wanted to do as um, let's bring the uh, Chef Alex's mic back up. We're going to kind of just do play by play. A lot of people, I don't know whether you know this or not, they love to hear behind the scenes kitchen talk. You've had plenty. <laughs> Sometimes it, it can get it can get real in the kitchen. Well, but what's so funny, <laughs> Chef, is yeah, is that man. you were awesome. you were on more than national TV. You were on worldwide TV because you're a real star, just like Chef Alex. No, <laughs> I will never compare myself to Alex Seidel. I love him. Mad Chef, respect, Chef Rebecca. Let's do the play-by-play. -play. Help us out. Describe what Chef's up to here. What are you doing, Alex? Uh, what do you got, eh? We're just finishing uh, these uh, confit potatoes with a little uh, brown butter and herbs. So did you roast those first and then smash them and then re-crisp them? Well, you know, if you really want to be real about it, no, <laughs> use your fryer. Oh, you did? Yeah. They look beautiful. <laughs> but, uh, nice and crispy so, and delicious. Yeah, but you, you, you hopefully don't know that uh, it was fried. It was roasted and... Roasty toasty. But that's what happens when you cook in an alley. You know, you make do. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> They're beautiful. You didn't have to cook in an oil. It doesn't always have to be about the procedure. It can be about just how it tastes. That's right. Yep. Well, what, right, sometimes it's more about the journey. Exactly. Than it is anything else. Are you guys ready? Do we have the meat? Have you had Okay, we got to go this way, though, guys. Did you look at the menu? I did look at the menu. It's amazing. It looks good. I know. I was very excited. I made him send it to me before he sent it to you. So I was like, <laughs> what are you making, eh? Okay, ready? Well, as the, um, where's the beef? So, Chef, I've got a question. Where did you get the love for Alex? It had to come from somewhere. Yeah, you, I will I were, Alex was my first inspiring sous chef. I worked. I was on the opening team at Mizuno okay. as a young uh, culinarian. And so in the corner here? about six months in, Alex Seidel came in as the sous chef. And I got to work for him. And he was so mind-blowingly on, uh, uh, inspirational. He changed he? my whole culinary career. Oh, my God. Isn't that interesting? Because I would say the last few nights, we've had guys like this, right? Yeah. I mean, we've had these gentle giants. Yep. These guys that have so much talent in their pinky 
you know, that make most chefs. It's not even like just the food. He's a natural born leader. He's patient. He's okay. a really good Careful teacher. Careful the liquid in here. And he's such a perfectionist. And like hey, just working around somebody out. like that when you're like just trying to get stuff done, chef. And they're like, do it right. He just, he's all about doing things yeah. the right way Make it look good. Yeah. And how, I mean, and you see it right now, how he's right in the middle of it. Yeah. And saying, you know, hey, listen, right. I'm going to show you the first plate. Yep. Oh, I mean, and that's something that I, as, as a young so, businessman, I always learned. Jim, you I would clean the bathrooms the first time. And maybe even the, all the, the third time. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the whole thing was, is I'm going to show you how, what the expectation is. Okay, I chef's need you coming around that, this so. way. We're going right, to clear yeah. the room for him. He's, uh, he's amazing. He's in the zone right now. And he's been nice enough to stay friends with me Phillip. for all these years after. <laughs> Come on, Philip. Was it a little intimidating at first to work with uh, Chef Alex? Rebecca? I was terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> so you're <gonna> go. <laughs> what, what does that do for you? Because, you know, a lot of folks, when they look at working with you, they have those same kind of jitters inside. Do you remember that feeling and try and alleviate that? Or is that something like you should be a little terrified? No, I just like to make people laugh and have fun. Yeah. In the kitchen here right now. Uh, as you look out, it doesn't look like there's a sad face in the crowd, does there? I'm sure not. No. This food is amazing. Say something about Chef uh, Scott uh, Hibernith that's going to be cooking with us All right, tomorrow. are you guys ready? Scott is another okay. uh, person that I look up to sure immensely. Ready. When I moved from Mizuna, I went to the kitchen at Luca, and Scott was the chef de cuisine there, and I actually had the pleasure of working for him for a little while. And, um, again, he and I stayed in touch for... I don't know, 15 years via kitchen tape messages. The... Literally, that's how yeah. Chef Scott and I stayed friends. Wow. We would send each other pictures maybe every three months, then it was six months, then it was a year, then it was a year and a half of really funny labels of things in your walk-in that were, like, misspelled <laughs> or really, really funny. And that's honest to goodness how Chef Scott Hibneth and I stayed friends for all these years. And he is from New Jersey, so he would come out and visit and come see the restaurants I was working at in New York. And as we've always just been really good friends and um, work together and work really well together. So it's super, super fun. I'm going to be cooking with him tomorrow, and he's cooking with me on Friday. We have a very good collaboration. I feel really lucky yeah. that we're in this together. See, now, Friday is your night, right? Correct. And we're going to close it down with you. I think we'll burn the place down. I don't know. Frank, we're not going to. Rick. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're okay. <laughs> but, you know, uh, here it is, community. And you're getting to know the Modern Eater, what we do a little bit. But it's all about kind of connecting people and the purveyors and local and the chefs. And, and that's why it was so important to really cook outside. That extra connection, because we're, we're really lacking connections right now. I think this is so special, and we can't thank you guys enough for the space and for us to come in here and do this dinner series. But you know what? With a short turnaround time, I think collectively with your team and my team, we did a great job. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, Craig uh, Jones, who's not here tonight, so I'm having to speak for him, I he's guess. He's probably watching. <laughs> I hope he's watching. Hi, Hefe. Um, but he uh, – he, really wanted to do something really special out here and get these chefs together and um you know he built this amazing beautiful space and gave us all home to work out of so we're really 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 lucky to be here and to have all of this so thank you for teaming up with him it's going to be a great end of the series and so far just not a miss i'm really glad that you were able to connect yesterday uh, with Chef uh, Kyle Mendenhall. He's so cool. <laughs> I didn't even know. I mean, I've never met him, and 
I was really blown away. He's just such an amazing chef and really cool person. Well, I want to get him back here so he can taste your food. All right, please. I please invite him to the dinner okay. on Friday. I would love that. If we've got some space, I will make that happen. Man, That's awesome. Here it is. So <laughs> you guys could cook in any kitchen probably in the world. I know you could. And here you are. Chef Alex is in the dark <laughs> plating food right now with a smile on his face. What I want to do is I want to bring our mics up over the house and Chef Seidel's as well. So uh, mine and Brian's and Chef Rebecca, we're going to greet the house right now for the main course. And Chef Seidel is going to talk about uh, what he's putting together. So, hello, hello. Are we over the house? We are. Hello, guys. How is dinner so far? Yes, Good. yes. Let's hear about they're enjoying dinner themselves. so far. They're talking. I like that. All right, Chef Seidel's microphone is up. He's... We're peeking into the kitchen, you guys. Chef, if you can, you're putting together this main course for us. Do you mind giving us the play-by-play? -play? Absolutely. Uh, we've got a little uh, braised short rib here, kind of perfect for the weather tonight. Warm and stick to your belly. Uh, we're finishing this with a little uh, Bordelais sauce, which is a very classic French sauce that is uh, basically finished and emulsified with bone marrow. That bone marrow gives it a nice richness. So this is a little bit thicker than some of the sauces that we uh, we typically make. Um, but it's definitely got a nice velvet in it. Velvet, velvetiness. Is that right? <laughs> velvetiness. Yeah, that's yeah, a hard one. Something like that. Um, and then we've got these uh, beautiful mushrooms that were grown here locally. Oyster mushrooms, which is a cultivated mushroom, not, not a foraged mushroom. Um, you know, and uh, for a long time, I wouldn't buy Colorado cultivated mushrooms. Uh, and it was because of the, uh, the humidity here and uh, the dryness. And uh, it, was, it was really tough to grow mushrooms that had the right moisture content. Um, so when you cooked them, they become stringy and dry. And, uh, but these guys are doing a great job. And those are hazel dell mushrooms. This is Centennial Cuts uh, beef short rib that we have here tonight. How did the beef turn out for you, Chef? You know, I don't know. I haven't tasted it. You'll have to tell me. <laughs> haven't tasted it. And then Hazel Dell You know as well. what? If I know our beef short rib, it's amazing. Uh, we do it every single day, and we probably do about 500 pounds of it a week at Mercantile. Wow. So um, I'm hopefully at a place where I don't have to taste every batch. <laughs> yes. Uh, the potatoes as well, that's local. That's Strohauer Farms just up north. Uh, but the potatoes look delicious too. Yeah, beautiful fingerling potatoes that we did a nice little confit at the restaurant. We poached those in a little fat. And uh, we did a nice little roast here via Rebecca Weitzman. Um, and uh, once we roasted those <laughs> potatoes, we, uh, we pulled them out and we tossed them with uh, a little bit of clarified butter, uh, some fresh herbs, and shallots. I really like what shallots add to potatoes. All my mashed potatoes at Chook are made with shallots. It's my secret ingredient but uh, it's not so secret anymore. Um, but, yeah, that's what I, I, I really love what shallots do to potatoes. Well, and, and, Chef, don't you feel like this is really reminiscent of what you're doing back at your place? Because you use all local ingredients. And right, right here, this is another place that you're getting to really experience what you've always done and sort of what's to your heart using all local. Yeah, you know, these, these dishes tonight necessarily don't necessarily have all the bells and whistles, um, but neither does my food in general. I think uh, 
the bells and whistles as we were just talking uh, to our, our tomato friend tonight is really just trying to do our best to highlight the ingredients in their natural form and uh, really not mask them, but uh, try to create delicious dishes uh, just by highlighting those, those items. Uh, every main course needs a cocktail. You had a chance to try the cocktail, Chef? Uh, you know what? I've, I've definitely had some of the cocktail. Um, my friend Steven over there uh, from Golden Moon. Over here. It's, uh, it's uh, definitely, there he is. Um, you know, Steve and I have done a lot of hanging out together. And uh, he's uh, taught me a little bit about distilling. Um, I still don't, I, I know maybe like 0.02% of what he knows. Um, but uh, we spent a lot of time and uh, done a lot of tasting of his products in the past, and I'm very fortunate to uh, receive a bottle here and there. Um, so when my friends come over to my house, they get a chance to uh, see something that's really created just uh, probably less than a half mile from my house. Mm -hmm. And the fact that uh, Stephen was one of the first uh, local distillers to come and talk to me about uh, products from our farm and how we could partner that way and what we could grow for them. And, uh, you know, I, I remember the day probably three years ago um, where we were tasting some of this uh, Artemisia. And he brought me two different samples of the Artemisia he used. And he used to import one, I think it was from France. And it was his most premium High-end Artemisia, uh, Artemisia, is this right? Am I on the right side? So, yeah, France, France and Switzerland, we source both in Provence. We source in the Val de Travers from the Cove Growers Crop, where absinthe comes from. And then I brought you seed from the Growers Co-op in Cove, which you planted in your farm in Larkspear. Well, and then uh, what I remember most, though, Stephen, is um, when you brought me that amazing French high-quality Artemisia, and we looked at it compared to the Artemisia that Ilsa grew. And we saw the stems in the French stuff. And we saw the leaf and the aromatics in the stuff Ilsa grew. It was just a way better product. I think we both agreed on that. Right? Absolutely. The stuff you guys grow. I mean, I've given distillate, both pure Artemisia distillate and absinthe that we've made off of the absinthe, off of the Artemisia that you grow at Fruition Farms. And people around the world in the, in the absinthe community and in the professional community have said, oh, my God, this is the most alpine absinthe. And I laugh because I say, you know, it's not alpine, it's Colorado Prairie. Two more. And they're like, oh, no, no, it's alpine. I'm like, no, it's all terroir. <laughs> I mean, it's the same seed stock. Right. But what Ilsa does and where you guys grow gives the botanicals an amazing terroir. That you, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love what grows in the Val de Travers. Mm -hmm. I love what grows in the south of France, and they're very different. But the stuff that grows at your farm where you are and the way Ilse grows it is just, um, you can't get that anywhere else. Maybe it's, it's that awesome. extra age it gets in the barn for hanging in there for a year. And maybe a little, <laughs> little bit of the sheep little shit. A little bit of the maybe barn. Maybe sheep shit. Yes. A little <laughs> barn funk in there. Serious funk. I love it. I love it. All right, main course is out. Is everybody enjoying the main course? Good. That's fantastic. Uh, Stephen Gould, Golden Moon Distillery. Uh, Stephen, t talk about the distillery, if you would. So we have a little distillery, about 10,000 square feet in Golden, Colorado. I think so. Uh, we make a variety of products. Um, yeah. 
We started years ago, and I've been distilling about 30 years, worked for a couple different distilleries, made some products around the world. Uh, Golden Moon really is focused on Colorado single malts, but we're sort of known for some weirder stuff that I've been making for years, one of which happens to be absinthe. So the first cocktail you drank tonight is the Waldorf. And the Waldorf is a rye whiskey cocktail with a little bit of sweet vermouth and our absinthe made with Alex's Wormwood. And the Waldorf cocktail, what most people don't know, is pre-prohibition Wormwood was, and absinthe was one of the most common modifiers and ingredients in cocktails. And so the Waldorf cocktail is called a co the Waldorf for a reason. And that's because the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York City in the 1890s, the cocktail you're drinking was the cocktail on the bar at the Waldorf. It was their signature cocktail. So early on in, in, in American whiskey history, rye whiskey was the preferred brown spirit. Add a little absinthe, add a little vermouth, and you've got the cocktail you're drinking. So Golden Moon, we tend to do a lot of old school things. We make absinthe, we make liqueurs. We want to try and use as many local ingredients as we possibly can. But at the same time, we're going to scour the world for the highest quality ingredients we can get for our cocktails or for our spirits. And so what that means is working with Alex to grow wormwood. What that means is going to the south of France for lavender. What that means is working with our friends down the road at Golden Malting for malted barley. Uh, what that means is going into Vietnam to get, to get star anise for some of our products. So it's really about working with farmers and growers and professionals around the world to make amazing spirits that can be used in cocktails and that can be used in cooking. So we're local, we're in Golden, we've got a great little cocktail bar. We're honored to be able to work with people like Alex. And yeah, thank you all for coming and enjoy. Well, wait, Stephen, you're not off the hook. I'm not off the hook. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> because I want to geek out with you a little bit. Wormwood. Wormwood, so okay. Alex is growing wormwood okay. for you, which I want to ask how that's done. But well, then on the other side, wormwood is one of those things that if you don't use it properly, you can actually kill people. No, no. Well, okay. Well, let's, so let's talk about wormwood. So the Artemisia family is a family of botanicals that includes sagebrush. It includes grand wormwood, which is where, where or Artemisia absinthium, which is where absinthe comes from. It includes a variety of other wormwoods that are used in vermouth. I mean, vermouth is actually a derivative of the, wor of the word uh, vermouth, which is German for wormwood. So these are a family of herbs that have been used for medicinal purposes and then cocktail purposes for thousands of years. And it is true that if you were to isolate certain chemicals in the plant, they would be harmful. But you know what? Most plants have chemicals that would be harmful if you concentrate them. Um, wormwood is an incredible family of botanicals that have been used for culinary and, and beverage purposes for centuries and centuries and centuries. So we actually grow multiple varieties of wormwood at fruition farms. We grow grand wormwood, we grow petite wormwood, we grow mugwort, which is a petite or, or lesser wormwood. Uh, we grow a variety of genefes. We make two absinths at Golden Moon. 
We make a Genepe, uh, which is a liqueur similar to Chartreuse, at Golden Moon. And we use a variety of other of, of the same family of botanicals grown at Alex's farm for cocktail bitters and et cetera. Well, I will tell you, you your spirits are off the chart, thank first you. off. So thank you for what you're doing there. Thank you for also connecting with local farmers and having a local aspect because I think so few you know, distillers are doing that. We see more and more people jumping into the wheat and rise that we're growing here in the state, and I love to see that. But you're pushing it to a whole new level. So, You Steven. know, it's, it's about understanding where your products come from, and it's about being able to control the terroir. So I run Golden Moon. I do a fair amount of work for other people. I'm master distiller, one of two for a large operation in Ireland. And we're prototyping whiskeys at Golden Moon for that, that project. But in Ireland, we're actually working with local farmers throughout County Kildare to plant our own varieties of wheat, of rye, of barley, and et cetera, to make old school Irish pot stills. And what's really cool is we're actually working with growers here in Colorado and prototyping those whiskeys here in Colorado and then transferring what we've learned from the prototyping process over to Ireland to make old school, mid 1800s style Irish whiskeys using the same varietals of wheat and rye and barley and corn that we're using here. Now the terroir is gonna be a little different, but it's all about connecting with the growers, understanding the climate, understanding the terroir, and using the grains to create amazing flavor profiles. Mm, that's a deep it. dive right yes, there. I love uh, it. You can only get that here. I'll tell you what, Golden Moon and Stephen Gould, let's hear it for them. Thanks so much. How's yeah. dinner? Thank you, you enjoying Thank yourself? Thank you so much for coming. I think we got to give this man a hand. I get, we got to give you a hand. A hand. We gotta give you a hand. Let's give him a hat. You know, Let's I mean, give him a hat. Amazing cook. I mean, I grew up working restaurants. I'm third generation restaurant folk. I know a lot of cooks. I know a lot of famous cooks. You know what? This guy. This guy's a fucking amazing cook. Yeah, you're yeah. good, everybody. Have a seat, pal. Thanks, Stephen. Appreciate right it. Right on, Stephen. I love it. Hey, you shouldn't swear. <laughs> All right, we'll keep it going here. You guys enjoy that course. We're going to bring the music back up, and then dessert's going to be coming we'll up here shortly. Yeah. The Modern Eater continues. Okay, okay, okay. How Let's are you guys forward. doing right now? Let's make sure we get all the components. How are you guys on, uh, doing right now as we end this bit? Yes, thank you, thank you. Uh, the chefs are killing it tonight. Where's Kevin Weber? Where's Kevin? There he is. Kevin, grab a microphone here, sir. Kevin Weber from Carboy. First of all, I would love for you all to acknowledge the staff here that has been working so hard from Carboy and Logan Street. Amazing, amazing people, amazing job. Right now, it is not easy to be a part of the service industry. It's actually very difficult. Uh, I don't know whether you know, but sometimes guests, guests are difficult. I mean, not in, not in our experience. Never, never. So tonight we left off the gratuity for the, uh, the, the admit for, the, for coming in for dinner. So you'll get a zero tab. Please show your appreciation to the folks here at Logan Street and give them a nice, fat, hefty tip. Please do that. Yeah. We're leaving that up to them. This looks like a good yeah. crowd. Yeah. This is a great crowd. I want.
the staff to make a lot of money tonight because they deserve it. That's fantastic. Logan Street Carboy. Let's hear it for the, the right, staff Jimmy, here go, once buddy. again. Kevin Weber joins us from Carboy as we start to sneak into dessert. You need wine with dessert. Did you know that? I've heard that. You need course. wine with everything. Yeah, yeah. Wine makes everything better. Talk about Carboy for a minute. So I want to echo on something that Alex said earlier about community. This we, isn't the debate where I no, ask no, no, questions no, 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 yeah, no. and then you answer something completely different. No, no, no. You're smart. I promise. You're smart. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm not going to say you're not smart. That's right. Um, no. You only beat them by a little. <laughs> um, Alex mentioned community. When we started Carboy, that's what we were all about. And we still are all about that. I mean, if you've ever been to Angelo's Taverna <clears throat> on 6th Avenue or Angelo's in in Littleton or Logan or right here in Logan Street, you can tell that we're about community. We literally every time we've gone into a neighborhood, we've you know, Craig and Eric and, and all of us, we literally go door to door and we want everyone to be a part of the community. So when we started Carboy, it was about bringing something fun and innovative to Colorado that didn't that was missing. Uh, we saw this craft Sorry. beer boom and we saw that's been happening for decades and we saw distilleries popping up and we thought you know, Colorado wine has not really taken off. And, and our business model shifted literally within a year and a full 180 commitment to Colorado viticulture. And I remember the day when we were talking about how, you know, would, would everyone embrace that? And we challenged ourselves to make that happen, and they did. And we've experienced amazing growth in three locations in three years. And now we've just... Ooh, uh, did you just say four? Can I have four? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to get into details, but we are under contract for a vineyard in Grand Valley. And we literally are putting our feet in there. We're not just working with growers. We're growing, and this is, you know, we've embraced this. And, and more importantly, the community in Colorado has embraced us. And so we, we like to just say that everything that we have achieved is only because it's been shared with everybody here and all over the state that has um, that has bought our wine, joined our wine club, and 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 enjoyed Colorado wine as an adventure, people. <laughs> That's right. Come on. And cutting the trail, you know, they say Colorado wine. What? Uh, you're you're throwing it all out the window. Yeah. Carboy and Carboy Winery. They say it takes a village. We've got a badass village. Colorado is a badass village. It's you know it's it's, it's a it's a growing place, but it's a place that knows itself and. Um, just like it's embraced its culinary scene and everything that all these amazing farmers are doing. I mean, I've been taking my wife to fruition for years. It's still our favorite restaurant. Like, I can't give enough props to Alex Seidel and, and what he's done there with fruition and mercantile. And, you know, and I'm so proud of Rebecca and Scott for what they've done in, uh, with, with our team. And um, we'd like to follow in that footstep on the, the winemaking side. And Tyzok is, you know, I think he's the most talented winemaker in Colorado. Stand up, Tyzok. Stand up, would and, you? And he's sitting next to Stand one of up. our, he's sitting next to one of our favorite growers in Colorado, Poppy Woody. There he and is. Poppy has, I mean, I want to tell everybody, like, we, we achieved our, one of our highest rated wines from grapes. Poppy Woody. Stand up, Poppy please. Woody. So Poppy uh, farms a beautiful vineyard. <laughs> oh, we're bringing her up in uh, Palisade, and it's uh, it's called Cherokee Vineyard. And uh, I tell you what, we it's remarkable grapes, Gewurztraminer, Tempranillo, uh, Viognier, and the Viognier that that we uh, had harvested from the 2018 vintage 
uh, garnered one of the highest awards that we've ever uh, had the honor to to, uh, to win. So thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. So so shameless plug. Uh, the Gewurztraminer we made from Poppy's Vineyard, uh, it was club only. We just put it in our tasting room tonight for sale to the public. So if you want to try it, you can find it for a limited time. For a limited time. Thank you. In my Shameless plug. In my life. In my life. You know, one of the coolest nights I had was just a couple weeks ago. And... Uh, <clears throat> One of the oh, one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to do this dinner is because when I first moved to Denver uh, in 2002, I started at a little place called Mizuna, okay. <laughs> and uh, Rebecca, who's the chef here, I don't know where she is. Since we got her on the mic, she's not coming out. You know, we we immediately uh, bonded through. Well, actually, we didn't bond. She told me I didn't have to watch over her cleaning. I remember that story. And I wasn't there to watch over her cleaning. I was just there to watch her because I was so impressed with all her movements. And, uh, you know, I think we were always kind of fighting for each, you know. Yeah. I'm talking about you. Um, yeah, we started working together uh, 18 years ago. Yeah, we sure did. And I was just telling the story when you told me that I didn't need to stand around and watch you clean. And I was, I was intimidated by you, eh? No, no. This is about like watching someone special in the kitchen. And uh, when Denver lost her to New York, um, we always stayed in touch. And we, I always wanted to know what she was doing. And uh, because she was such a big talent, and we lost her in Denver. And the fact that she's back here. And, we got um, and yeah, and the fact that. Uh, you know, I just I was able to meet Ty a couple weeks ago, and Rebecca and Ty came over to my house, and it was just the three of us, and uh, he brought over some Cab Franc and uh, phew, some delicious wine from Carboy. And then your your daughter challenged me to a handstand contest. <laughs> yes, yes, which I think you might have won. Actually, you might have won that it one. It was the Cab Franc. He yep. he practices on barrels at the winery, so. So this isn't just a show, you guys. This isn't just about getting together for one night and throwing a shebang. And um, these relationships run deep, um, and we have a long history. Jason, I remember when he first moved to town. Um, Ty, we got to hang out the other night together for, for a few hours. And they left my house, um, maybe not completely sober, but sober enough <laughs> to go stamp, to go stamp grapes for my first time yeah so that was uh you knew the dedication was there right there yeah, when fermentation like, ties <laughs> like i can't going. leave this go going. tonight yeah, yeah, yeah. we gotta go yeah, do this yeah, right yeah, now yeah. Um, we sent all that all that wine to steven he distilled it so there was no foot fungus in the uh <laughs> we used these cool things wasn't even our feet yeah i almost fell in but i didn't that it's all about community, and uh, we're 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 happy to be a part of a a, th a thriving uh, community here. And so, yeah. special, th thank special you. Yeah. yeah, special dinner. Yeah, I think everybody who's in hospitality. No, um, they tasted that. Well, the reason I opened Fruition is really because I like making people happy, and uh, I really do. It's it's my reward every day is when someone's like, oh, that was the most amazing meal. That's my true reward. 
but also on top of that is building these relationships with people in our community and uh, being able to share experiences um, and hear different ideas and uh, just kind of grow together. I mean, we've literally been in this community for a long time and I've, I've watched a lot of people grow and I've grown and grown with people and uh, it's all part of life. And I think the more we can experience these special times of good food and good drink and just good conversation, it's what I really miss over these last six, eight months. So just appreciate you guys all coming out and hope you enjoyed the meal tonight. So, Okay. Earlier on, don't go anywhere. Yes, you do. You have to. I got to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. I don't want three microphones. I just need one. Alex. Alex came in. Alex Seidel, chef, the best chef ever, Come on. came in as the sous chef six months after we opened Mizuna and changed my life, will forever be a mentor. He is so patient and so kind and just so wants everything perfect. <laughs> he teaches us all to care about ingredients and care about the process. And as this young, like up and coming, up and coming cook, I was so mad so mad when Alex came in, probably why I was a not so nice about cleaning. Who is this guy coming in? Like, we've been in this kitchen. I opened this restaurant. I want to be the sous chef. And then I came in, and after, like, two weeks, I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. I'm going to learn so much from this guy. Just put your head down, shut your dumb mouth, and learn, and be gracious, and whatever 18 years later we're still friends because i learned somehow how to close my mouth and learn and thank you so much and here you are today yeah and i appreciate you so much because of you you're the best yes on that note chef alex seidel chef rebecca weissman please can i have you guys before the uh 8 15 turn off the microphone please give up and let's hear it for the man chef alex seidel yeah um Actually, yes. if I could bring my team out here, Please. Jimmy, Harry, Philip, Liz, Silva King, can you guys come out here, please? Look at this, Alex. Alex. Yeah, this is awesome. Um, come on, guys. Are you guys still making food? No, we're feeding the staff. Okay, well, <laughs> they can wait. Come on out. Okay. Um, this is kind of the coolest part is because I didn't anticipate having this large of a team here tonight. And, uh, you know, everybody talks about, oh, fruition mercantile. I mean, some amazing compliments from Rebecca, but, um, without a team like this, I'm not able to do anything. I'll just be really, really honest with you guys. I was out of town this whole weekend and this was our first event. We talked a lot about this event before I left and coordination and uh, building the menu together. Um, but I left for the weekend and I came back late last night and I had to do some last minute coordination for this dinner. Like I said, I didn't know it was outdoors. Um, but I was really able to count on my teams. This is Harrison. He's one of the sous chefs at Mercantile. Uh, Silva King, he is one of the chefs at Mercantile. Liz, my pastry chef, she runs Food Mill. She's been with me since day one at Mercantile. She, 
delivers pastries to seven different Whole Foods seven days a week. Um, she's responsible for all of our venoiserie, all of our programs over there. Uh, Jimmy here with the Mohawk. Uh, Jim's been with me for 13 plus years. And uh, we have grown up together. He rose to the sous chef level. He's been my partner and cheesemaker, making award-winning cheeses on his own. Um, here we have Andrew that's jumping in here with Silver King. This is a kind of a mercantile crew. Uh, these guys, I'm so proud of them. They're young chefs. And they didn't have to be here tonight. I didn't ask them. I didn't uh, tell them that we were going to pay them tonight because, um, you know, times are tough. But these guys actually, they really wanted to be here. Um, and when somebody really wants to be here and be a part of something, how can you say no? Um, because these guys are starting their careers off. And uh, there was a time when I remember that. And to see them come into this environment and be able to uh, feel the excitement and the passion for cooking for you guys, that's why they're here. Because I didn't ask them to be here. They asked me if they could be here. So that was kind of the cool part. Uh, Philip over there. Philip just moved here from New York. Um, and uh, he's a young cook that was at 11 Madison Park. He came to me a couple months ago and he said, uh, you know, I just started there. I got released from COVID, but I'm really passionate about bread and I wanted him to have an opportunity to continue his passion for bread. And that turned into a job at fruition uh, as a young chef. So this is, this is, it's not just me. It's these guys that are making it all happen. These are the ones that cooked all the food. These are the ones that prepared it. These are the ones that organized it. To be honest, I had a meeting at 3 o'clock, and I showed up here at 4.30. But I have that much trust because we've all grown together. And uh, these guys, I mean, they're not just representing me. They're representing themselves, and they will be amazing chefs in their own right. So a um, little round of applause for these yeah. folks. Thank you. Yeah. They're the future stars. They're the future stars of Denver. And uh, I'm really fortunate to be able to uh, work with some of the best people here in Denver, uh, some of the best chefs, young chefs, um, chefs that have been doing it for a while. And uh, the thing about our team is we're always pushing every day to get better. Um, I don't think there's any egos in our group. I think uh, what we have is something special and something special where we all just push each other to uh, do better so we can make more people happy, and that's really our goal. So thank you all for coming tonight. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we really could stop right there, but I think just to solidify what community is about before the, sh before the dinner tonight, we said let's take a selfie because I want to do a before and after and, and see the comparison. Uh, what eating and drinking and breaking bread together and just this kind of community and local in Colorado, just as good as it gets. Um, we're all family now, and I think you feel it. We're all connected in a very special way. That was our promise to you, and you came here to have that, and we appreciate that. So without further ado, it's post-dinner selfie time, and we're going to just line up here. We're going to turn these lights on. You guys you tell me about this, Greg. Well, uh, you, we have the first post one. Post-dinner selfie time? Post-dinner selfie time. Okay. You come on over uh, here. We're uh, going to face this way. I don't have to do selfies, right? Yes, you do. Come oh, on sure. in here. Okay. You're in, everybody. So it's, uh, we're all going to get in this shot. So everybody put your hands up. Do something interesting with your hands. Stand up oh, in the so back. It's a one-time selfie. It's a one-time selfie. Yeah. Oh, I, Not I, I everybody. like that. I like that. It's a one-time selfie.
We can do this. Come on, guys. All right, everybody, do something interesting. These are your closest friends. All right. Woo! Everybody, the modern eater. What's up? Yes. Now that is community. Thank you all for coming. Love to mention my staff, Brian Freeman. He's amazing. Jay Parker, Dave Avery, James, DJ, our whole cast and crew. This is night number three of the fall dinner series. All the farms, all the growers, all the vineyards, everybody, all the supporting one, cast. Rich O'Brien, Elevation Food Service reps. Chef the one, kitchen's amazing. We couldn't do it without you. Charles Talbot, the list goes on and on. Rocky Thank Mountain you Fresh. so much, Rocky Mountain Fresh. Odd 13, Golden Moon Distillery. Uh, uh, Hazel Dell, Cheese Importers, Harper Val, Harper And Peters, most importantly, Centennial. you guys. Yeah. Let's hear it for you guys and Chef Alex Seidel one last time. Yes. Thank you so much. All right. Hopefully we'll see you tomorrow, tomorrow night. The Modern Eater continues. Yes. <laughs>